0: Watch the headlights It's close to midnight, even when the walls are closing in, there'll always be a star that's shining, and the night will never win where the light is. Your spark is just beginning And maybe it burns from a lifetime long ago Darkness doesn't stand a chance Even when you're close to midnight Darkness must be
1: Thank you, Caleb. And uh, that, uh, that great song and kind of matched the scripture that we had this morning, First John chapter 1. And uh, just appreciate that. And uh, let's see. Where'd, where'd Caleb go? All right. Good job. And Shaney said you need to be nice to her from now on. Okay. Be nice to Shaney. All right. <laughs> And uh, all those girls, I get him, Shaney, I'll take care of him, and uh, appreciate him so much. Tomorrow, uh, I canceled my classes in the seminary class, and matter of fact, one pastor of Russellville Missionary Baptist Church is one of my students, and the song director for Russellville Missionary Baptist Church is one of my students, and they were texting back and forth, and matter of fact, uh, they... It, had the pastor, Brother Daniel Condit, uh got it from his music guy, uh Brother Randy. And anyway, and so they were texting back and forth and he he liked it so much he liked he took a pic he did a screenshot off his iPhone of the text. And if y'all could throw that text up on the screen there. It's it's pretty neat and I wanted to share it with you tonight. Let him throw that up there. Let you read that. (laughs) Did you get the text from Brother Michael Reese? Yes. No class. There is a God. (laughs) And uh, so they were excited about class being dismissed. And uh, Brother Randy Shipley is the music director there at... uh, Russellville Missionary Baptist Church. Brother Daniel Condit, just a fine guy, great pastor, fine young man. He's uh, in his uh, early to mid-30s and just a great guy. I'm glad to have the privilege to have an opportunity to teach uh, these men. Now, Brother Randy is my senior. Uh, He's uh, uh, in his mid to upper 50s. And I admire him. He is going full force, uh, taking all the courses. Even though he's not called to preach, he's taking all the courses. And he says, I just want to be better equipped. And uh, so I I appreciate them and their dedication, even if they don't mind missing class during the Thanksgiving week. All right, we're going to head to Job chapter 42 tonight. Looking forward to... uh, baptism in just a little while it's great to meet miss dana's mom and uh, great to have her in the services great to see this good crowd on a cold and not a stormy night but just a it will be a little bit later of what they're saying anyway so in job chapter 42 read the word of god there get in the right spot here And verse 1, then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do every thing and that no thought can be withholden from thee. Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered that I understood not things too wonderful for me. Which I knew not. Here I beseech thee, and I will speak, I will demand of thee, and declare thou unto me. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eyes, eyes seeth thee. Wherefore I bore myself and repent and dust dust and ashes. And it was so that after the Lord had spoken these words unto Job, the Lord said to Eliphaz the Temanite, My wrath is kindled against thee and against thy two friends, for you have not spoken of me the thing that is right as my servant Job hath. We're going to stop there in verse 7 and just camp out for a little while. And I want to speak tonight on, the again, the example of Job in what i call taking the high road take the high road and we're going to compare what job could have done and what he did do in this passage now of course if your bible is open like mine you see that this is the end of the book of job this is where we find out that god justifies what he what he did with job and where what job what god thought of job's friends And how Job reacted when he could have taken a low road, he took a high road. So Job gives us a great example on when following the Lord. Think about it now, nearly 40 chapters of criticism and condemnation from his three buddies, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. Those three guys, and that's not even including Job's wife. They harassed Job. They gave him a hard time. Remember, the, his wife's famous words were, curse God and die. His three friends said, listen, you've lost all your retirement, all your houses, all your cattle, all your whatever, your your family, everybody except your wife. I mean, you've lost it all. Now your health is failing. you got all these balls from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. I mean, you're suffering. Surely you've sinned. Surely you've done something wrong. There's got to be something wrong in your life. It's kind of like that old phrase, "If friends like these, who needs enemies? You know, they're called friends of Job throughout, but he didn't get a whole lot of support from his friends. Job, now, think about it. After all that time, all those chapters, this really undetermined period of time, He has the right now because God says, listen, I did all of this to show that you are a faithful servant. I did all of this to show that, folks, it's not about what we go through here on this life, but it's about giving God the glory and the due respect for who he is no matter what we go through in this life. So it's not about what we go through, it's about giving God glory no matter what we go through, no matter what we face, no matter the situation. Can God get the glory from our life? Now, looking at this, God, right here in verse 7, announces his displeasure with Job, excuse me, with Job's friends. And uh, right here, right after verse seven, it says, "My wrath." I'll just read the, again the end of verse seven. My wrath is kindled against thee and against thy two friends, for you have not. Basically, if you end verse seven, y'all, you were horrible. Y'all didn't act right. You didn't say the. You didn't even act like a Christian. Why did you, you act that way? What is wrong with you? The way he said it, you've not spoken the thing that that is right. I mean, they were down in Job, and they said, God's against you, Job. No prayer, no support. And Job, right now, okay, imagine this. You know, you see somebody, I remember one time, uh, and this is our human nature, and I know all of us have done this. You see somebody going through horrible circumstances, just just tough. I mean, there's everything's going wrong. Dominoes are all falling in the wrong direction. In my first thought, and I, especially early in my twenties, I used to think, "My goodness, I wonder what sin they committed." And after I realized, especially about the story of Job, I said, "Well." Just because a person's going through terrible circumstances, and they lose their job, and they lose their health, and they lose relatives, and they lose, and everything goes against them, their very own family could <laughs> turn against them. Job was one hundred percent in the right. Now, he could have done this. He could have. I mean, this is. Think about it. At The end of verse seven was, a, "I told." If there ever was, it was an "I told you so" moment. I told y'all. God was behind he orchestrated it. He allowed it to happen. He he when I say he orchestrated, he opened the floodgates according to his will. And Job sitting back and he could have went, <clears throat> he could have done this. Told Job. Come on. Apologize to me. Apologize to me. But he didn't take the low road. He took the high road. A great, great example of how to how to React. Notice as we move on down, what does God say in verse 8? Job 42, verse 8. Therefore, this is God talking to the buddies. Take unto you now seven bullocks and seven rams. Go to my servant Job and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering, and my servant Job shall pray for you. Now that's pretty powerful right there. For him will I accept, lest I deal with you after your folly in that you have not spoken of me the thing which is right like my servant Job. So Eliphaz the Temanite and Bildad the shoe Some preacher one time said Bildad was short. Get it? Shoe height? Get it? <laughs> and, uh, so I don't know if that's true or not. Somebody finally got it. And Zophar the Namathite Went and they did that. It says they did that. So, what does this mean? It tells me basically this is an Old Testament way you go and apologize. First of all, you need to offer this for yourself, lest I let the hammer down on you. And then, my, my servant Job, my servant, notice that, my servant Job, he's going to pray for you. And guess what? I'll listen to his prayer. Because unless you do this, I'm not going to listen to a word you say. Because what is he saying? I'm going to listen to Job's prayer. Until you do this, your prayer. It's kind of like, does that not match what Jesus taught? You know, when he talked about the model prayer and he said, you know, I did the model prayer. And then right after the model prayer, what does he say? If you don't forgive other people, I'm not going to forgive you. It's in there, right there in Matthew chapter 6. Right here. Is what it's talking about. But notice again. I mean again. When he's telling them to go. You've got to offer these for yourself. And you've got to tell Job you're sorry. And you've got to get things right with Job. This was another I told you so moment. And they. Verse 9. The Lord. It says. And they did according as the Lord commanded them. The Lord also accepted Job. Notice this. And when it says in verse 10, The Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Basically, you know what verse 10 is saying? It's saying God gave him relief. God gave, blessed him. God released him. God gave everything back to Job even more so. But notice at the end of verse 10. Also, right, or excuse me, right in the middle, when he prayed for his friends, He turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. You know what this tells me, and tells you that when we do the right thing, God not only hears our prayer, but he, what did he do? He saw Job. He, God knows how your heart, He knows how you're going to react. And then the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. All of this is his, Job praised for his foolish friends and gave him, blessed him because of his actions. Job refused to take vengeance or to hold grudges. Why not, why not hold a grudge? You know, as I've shared with you before, the old saying is we need to be, we can either be bitter or we can be better. You can be bitter or you can be better. Head now, if you will, and I'm going to put my we're going to come back to this in just a second. Head to Romans chapter 12 and verse 9. This has to do with, why, why not hold a grudge? What's wrong with holding a grudge? Well, one thing about it is that. Most of the time in our service, especially, think about this. If you're saved and you're a child of God, you're born again, you're going to heaven, but from the moment you latch on to a grudge, most of the time you make yourself miserable while the other person you're holding a grudge against is just living life. Just going there. Think about that. That actually, isn't that kind of like I'm going to hold the grudge? but we ourselves stay miserable while the person usually we're holding the grudge against just goes on and, if they're saved, serves the Lord. Or maybe, maybe, and this happens a lot in families, churches, and on workplaces. Well, I tell you what, what you said hurt my feelings, and I've been it's been eating on me ever since. Well, what did I say? Well, you said this, this, and this. I said that seven years ago, and they didn't even know. And so, for you know, I'm just making a number up. Think about that. Think, how much sense does that make? And I've been angry and upset and bitter for seven years because of what you said or did, and they didn't even know it. Well, that really helped our service with the Lord. Matter of fact, that's what Job's friends were guilty of. False accusations. Just, and they were watching Job and his reaction, and it just got all over them. I just don't see how he could think he is. Uh, he's not righteous. He's self-righteous. Well, Joe, if Job was self-righteous, God wouldn't have done what he did here. He had words to say against Job's friends. Did he have any words to say against Job? No. Earlier he just said, Job, don't question me. You you have no right. I can do whatever I want. I'm God. You just don't see the big picture. But here in Romans chapter 12 and verse 9, this has to do with that. Let love be without dissimulation. In other words, love people and don't be a hypocrite about it. Don't say, I love you, and then stab them in the back. That's what the very first part of verse 9 is saying. Abore that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Verse 10, don't even act like you like each other. Like each other anyway. That's what it's saying in verse 10. Be kindly, affectionate one to another with brotherly love. Treat each other with love and respect and honor, preferring one another. You know what that means? Today at the table. We had a great fellowship. It was so good to see all the great fellowship today and to, to lift other people up in front of you. Hey, go ahead of me. Let me help you with that. I saw so many acts of kindness this afternoon. I was so thankful. Be kindly, affectionate, one another. Not slothful. Skip on down to verse 11. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit. Rejoice. Verse 12. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, did I not have I not preached popcorn prayers ever since I've been here? <laughs> well, there's an, there's some more right there. All right, right there in verse end of verse twelve. Distributing to the necessity of the saints, given the hospitality, bless them which persecute you, and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend of men of low estate. Be not wise don't in other words, don't think yourself as better than other people. Be not wise in your own conceit. It's conceits recompense no man evil for evil. If somebody's mean to you, don't be mean back, because that's the way the lost world acts. Provide things honest in the sight of all men, if it be possible as much as lies in with you, live peaceably with all men. And you can do that. Nearly, beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. In other words, give it its right place. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, Thus saith the Lord. So again, and now let's go back to uh, Job 42. Job taking the high road. All of that, Paul says what? To act like Job. To be patient and kind and don't return evil for evil. This is a great example of Job. All right, lastly, in closing, <clears throat> I want to do a comparison. Again, I want to go back to Job chapter 42 and verse 10. <clears throat> and it says this. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends Notice that. He prayed for the people who derided him. He prayed for the people who said he was wrong. Who said, you're, you're, you must be living in sin. You are a horrible sinner or else this wouldn't have happened to you. Let's compare the low road and the high road. The low road is to revenge and retaliate. When you are wronged, the high road is unconditional love and forgiveness toward others. The low road is this, to play the same game as other people. Well, they stabbed me in the back. I'm going to stab them in the back. They're talking about me. I'm going to talk about them. Most of the time, a child of God, if you're living for the Lord, people can think. They'll think all kinds of things about you. They'll think that you're doing wrong when just a while you're just trying to live right. Matter of fact, the high road is this opposite of that. Refuse to play games and you live by principles of the word of God. The third thing, the low road and the high road comparison. The low road is, is every time you're wrong, you make decisions by emotions means you're up one minute down the next the high road is that you're guided by character and values from the Word of God and you don't make decisions based upon emotions or how you feel and then the low road again the low road is you're reactive you live no better than anyone else you only react to what other people do the high road the opposite of that is to be proactive in other words I'm gonna live for the Lord. And it doesn't matter what the world does. Think about that. So if the world I mean, think about what did the world throw at Job, but he said, When he lost it all, what was his famous words? The Lord hath gave, the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And guess what it says? You think about that. He lost it all. You know what he did? He went to church. It says he worshipped, right after he made that statement, he worshipped the Lord. So, what What does this tell me? It tells me that Job, matter of fact, God said it. There is not a man that I know that is upright and moral character and is a good guy and a Christian like my servant Job. He told Satan, go after it, man. I'm going to put a limit on you. You can't take his life. He is. He's living by principles. And so, guess what? The world threw at him. The world through Satan, threw at him every hammer, every nail, every wrench. He took his kids away. He took his job away. He took his finances away. He took his health away. He said, honey, we still going to church. We have to walk because the donkey died. It'd be the same as, well, we have a flat. We ain't going to church. Have to brag on Brother Michael. He was saying, "You know what? I used to, I used to not give up hunting opportunities to go to church, but he's here tonight. And I put him to work in class, and they've been going after it, so it's all bragging on him. It'd be kind of like walking out there, and you know, Job lost everything." And the donkey fell over dead. He told his wife, what? Yeah. But we still going to church. As it says, They, it rather, Lord gave, Lord taken away, blessed be the name of the Lord, and he worshipped. That's over in the other end of the book, by the, chapter 1 and chapter 2. And so, what, is, what does this tell me and tell you? Job's a pretty good example to follow. <laughs> he's a good example to, He's a great example to follow And by the way He's a good example to follow Not only about overcoming adversity But If your friends don't exactly agree with your Your living for the Lord so strongly Or the way you live for the Lord Or Doubt your motives He just said all I can do is keep serving the Lord I I wish you could see in my heart, Job told his friends. And when he had the opportunity to say, I told you so, he didn't. He said, Let me pray for you. And I do forgive you. And he told his three friends, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar, He said, It's okay. Because why? Job's a pretty good guy. He's a pretty good guy. As we prepare for him, hymn of invitation. The Bible, once again, gives us a great example to follow. And it comes down to you and I. Just how we're going to live for the Lord. And no matter what the world throws at you, can you say, I'll hang in there. I'll keep serving, because it's about Him. Father, I thank You for this opportunity tonight. I thank You for the wonderful character lesson from the book of Job. The message rings true even today, to remain faithful, to forgive others, to cling to You and Your Word. Thank you for loving us in spite of our flaws. In Jesus' name, amen.